0: Welcome in to the American Lean Podcast. It's Wednesday, and we want to talk about a very important topic, how to increase cash flow without laying off employees. And this is part three of a four-part series around this topic. Now, in the previous podcasts, we talked about setting up our pull chains for parts that make the top 80% of the products that we sell to customers. We discussed understanding the pull chain for each type of part that will go into your finished product. Today, we need to consider the consumer demand for the products that make up the top 80% of our sales. We'll get into the topic right after the intro. Welcome to the American Lean Podcast, where we cover five topics in five days in about five minutes. The only place in the world where you can get daily lean coaching. Your host is Tom Reed, and he shares his 30 years of experience and covers leadership, culture, entrepreneurship, lean methodologies, industry 4.0, and interviews special guests on their lean journey. We're glad you're here, so let's go. Welcome in to the American Lean Podcast, episode 50. I believe we've made it 50 episodes already. Today, we want to continue our discussion on how to increase cash flow without laying off employees. We talked about pull chains in the previous episode. Just as a reminder, a pull chain is the path that a particular part will go through before it reaches its final destination. So in this case, we have a pull chain of assembly, pulling from a supermarket, pulling material from a warehouse, pulling material from the supplier. Remember, we have control over how we design this system as far as quantities go with the exception of the warehouse quantity. So in this example, let's assume we want to keep two days worth of material at the assembly location, four days of material in the supermarket, but our supplier takes 20 days to replenish an order. How much material do we need at each location? Like everything in the flow tools, there's a formula to calculate the quantities that you need to keep within the different bins. So to calculate the aggregate quantity for the piece parts, that support our finished unit demand, which we call the parent. The formula for the pull quantity is the summation of d times q, and those are in parentheses, times r divided by p. So now let's go through each of those items in the formula. The d in the formula is the demand of the parent units our parts will go into. The q, is the quantity of this part that the parent consumes. So let's say for a given parent item, it needs eight of these particular parts. The R is the replenishment time, or how long it takes to replenish a pull quantity when it is empty. And then P is package size. If the part comes in a plastic bag that contains 50 pieces, that is the package size. The default quantity in this formula is one. So this formula will help us calculate the bin quantity for each location. Now to set up our pull system, we'll use a two-bin system. Imagine having two physical bins, each with the same part and the same quantity in them. When the first bin goes empty, are we out of parts? No, because we have a second bin of parts. The formula calculates how many parts we need to keep in each of the two bins based upon the replenishment time. It's important to realize that we have to take the aggregate parent demand, so how many do we think we're going to sell in a year's time, and turn that into daily demand. Since we are calculating the pull quantities, based upon how many days of material we need. In my blog, I have a table that helps explain this, but let's go through it. And we're gonna do this for part A, B, C. And Part A, B, C is used by four different parent parts. Parent part A, parent part F, parent part G, and parent part Q. The annual demand for part A is 220 units. We also work 220 days a year. So 220 divided by 220, because we're trying to turn that into a daily quantity, is one. Now we need four of part A, B, and C for parent part A. One times four, that's the sum of D times Q, that would be four. Doing this for parent part F, we need to make 330 of those units a year. So 330 divided by 220 is 1.5. The quantity per, so our Q, is 10. So 1.5 times 10 is 15. For parent part G, we need to make 100 units a year. 100 divided by 220 is 0.45. Now we need three of part A, B, and C to go into parent part G. So three times 0.45 is one and a half. We have to round that up. So we need two of this item a day. Then for parent part Q, we need 165 a year. 165 divided by 220 working days a year is 0.75. We need six of part A, B, and C that go into unit Q. So six times 0.75 is four and a half. We have to round that up to five. So now if I add up my four units, my 15 units, my two units, my five units, I need 26 of part A, B, C to be consumed every day. Now if we're going to keep two days of material at the line, which is our R, two times the 26 is 54. If we're going to keep four days worth of material in the supermarket, that becomes four times 26, which is 104. And then we have to keep 20 days of material at the warehouse because that's our supplier lead time. 20 times 26 is 520. Because we're using two bins at each location and we want to keep two days worth of material in assembly, each bin would contain 26 units, half of the 54. Each bin at the supermarket, since we want to keep four days of material there, each bin would have half of the 104, which is 52 units. The warehouse quantity is the only one that we don't have control over. So we would need two containers, each with 520 pieces in them, since it takes a supplier 20 days to replenish an order. If we only kept 20 days total, then after day 10, the first bin would go empty and go to the supplier, and they would take 20 days to respond, which would not be good. So in that example, we we have to have two containers, each with the 20 days worth of material. While it sounds like we'll have 40 days of material in the warehouse, realize most of the time only the second container is full. The first container is continually being pulled from on a daily basis. On average, there will be one container's worth of material in the system, and that's how you can get to 12 or more inventory turns quickly and easily. Trust me, that has a dramatic positive impact on your cash flow. So now we have done the calculations and know how many perk numbers we need to keep at each location in our pull chains. Next week, we'll finish the discussion by talking about pull cards and how the pull cards will drive the system, giving us signals on when to order more material. So I hope you enjoyed our time together today. Consuming information is great, but I want you to take this information to make yourself and your company a little bit better today. This podcast is for you, so if there are topics that you would like me to cover, or if you'd like to share your company's lean journey, please contact me at, I'm at AmericanLean.com. Full show notes can be found at AmericanLean.com slash blog How to Increase Cash Flow Without Laying Off Employees Part three. Until tomorrow, have a great one.